0: Lads, we're back.
1: Good I am back. Afternoon,
0: you, just you, Daniel. Oh yeah, because you yeah you've been gone. Yes, I've been gone. So it's you been gone. Day to day. Yeah, you feeling better?
1: And skating. Yeah, uh, we took off the non-contact jersey.
0: Ah, uh, exactly. You know, Joe Edmondson was skating like in rotation for lines. Maybe he'll finally show up to practice. Yeah. We I spoke
1: like, to him. We were both skating together.
0: Yeah, really. He we're talking to Edmondson, eh? Yeah, yeah. Invite him on the show so we can talk about fix you coming back i i'm starting to think i think the habs are undefeated at home since fix you came back now they've only played one game at home since but
1: (laughs) that's a perfect record
0: i think they're technically two and one since they came back so the season is saved because of fix you
1: you imagine if they that percentage they went on for the rest of the season they're gonna be okay
0: i mean no i think (laughs) they have to win like it's something like at this point it's like 41 games with their last uh, Sixty something. It would be in, no. They wouldn't. They're not going to do it uh, anyway. Um, it's wild in Habs lands, Habs land right now. We're going to start off with them because, uh, sure. uh The There's Canucks aren't going to do anything. We'll talk about them later. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know, Saturday night, the Habs AGM resigns. Wall stuff comes out. They hire. Or they're probably going to hire a new president of hockey ops. And the Canucks are just sitting there, being like, Should we hire Claude Julien? Nah, no. We're oh, we're so scared to make a move. Okay, this is an insert. We finished recording like 10 minutes ago. Uh, I go downstairs to talk to my lovely family, and I go on Twitter, and Renault Lavois, first tweet um, Trevor Timmons. Paul. I am actually shook right now. Um, Paul Wilson, Senior VP of Public Affairs and Communications. Trevor Timmons, the GM's assistant, the guy who's been in charge of their drafts for years now, the man who drafted Kerry Price. And general manager Mark Bergevin, he's been the GM since 2012, guys, have just been fired by the Montreal Canadiens. I don't know if it actually is official, but I I think there was something in there people are reporting that it it looks like um, that Gordon has officially been named, I think it's VP of Hockey Ops. Um, I I would assume that would be Jeff Molson officially still kind of being... um, you know, it's sort of him himself. Oh, well, here it is, here it is. Uh, to continue the, uh, sorry, to assure the continuity of the day-to-day hockey operation during the process, Mr. Molson has returned, uh, sorry, has retained the services of Jeff Gordon, who will serve as executive vice president of hockey ops. I'm assuming that is Molson staying as president because he's that's what he's done, he's Jeff Molson. Um, I am obviously right now uh, in, in just a complete, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm hysterical right now, gentlemen. Your immediate reaction you're going to hear about gordon being hired and how much time bergeron may have left like right after this episode but gentlemen like continuing because this is the long episode gentlemen your thoughts your reactions go ahead
2: uh yeah i mean it took him long enough uh to do this i think it was time we've had that discussion over the last i don't know 10 episodes just because it's been such a big topic uh i'm you know i'm very curious to see who they end up replacing him with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of the times when we mentioned that there's these other moves going on, Scott Mellonby as an example, that you have Jeff Gordon coming in officially right now, but, you know, there's a lot of talks on it. You always kind of seem like, okay, these are going to be the gradual things, but they actually are the ones that add up to this huge sweep of, <sighs> you know, the old guard. And suddenly the Canadians want to say that enough is enough. We're not going to look back on the finals in the that's in the review mirror now. Let's look on what's coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, in case anyone, this is going to we're going to save this for the guests we may have on on Wednesday. Um, excuse me. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, I'm just trying to process what's just happened. Um, I, I, this is insane. So, I think right now there are sort of two candidates that I think Habs fans would just sort of love to see. Uh, first off, I'm pretty sure as of right now, I wouldn't, I don't think they've said it, but in left, I don't know if Jeff Gordon will be the, and I think on Monday is, is Molson will do some media. I know if Gordon will be the um, interim GM in the time, maybe uh, Martin LaPointe, who is, I think, currently there. Yeah, he's the develop, um sorry, the director of player development. He's French, you know, the uprising in Montreal that happens, if, you know what I mean? I'm just, like I'm, I'm curious. I'm the rest of the episode is much more put together than this. I'm just, this is just so much happening right now. So, but the two candidates you can probably think of first off is Matthew Darch, who has been the director of hockey ops for Tampa Bay since 2019. Um, the other is, and I think this is the sort of the first guy, a guy who's been an AGM for a couple of years and in, um, in Anaheim uh, since 2020, he's been the official AGM. He's been director of scouting and all that before. Uh, that's Martin Madden Jr. We know it's going to be a French-speaking AG, or new GM, but um, I think Martin Martin Madden Jr. Is, is the guy that Montreal would want, and I think Habs fans. Matthew Jarrett's great. I know um, Eric Angle shot the idea of maybe like Roberto Lolongo. No, I like Lou, but no, no not at no, all. No. Let him get hired in Vancouver and let that storyline. But, I mean, it, it's... It is a new era in Monday. you got to think about that. Like, Timmons has been around since, I don't know the exact date, but before, he's been in the organization longer than Carey Price. He's probably, oh, like, the only guys who's probably been around longer than him are probably like the doctor and the security guard. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, it's, that's insane. It's completely brand new
2: and not even, obviously, with Timmons was, has been there for quite a long time, but Mark bergerman has yeah. been there for... 10 years right this summer
0: would be a decade yeah
2: Yeah. it's been quite some time under the same uh floppy management i think we can classify the
1: roller coaster we mentioned in the episode that
0: so it's you you look back on mark Bergevin's his resume a few times he's been finalist finalist and gm of the year he got the Habs to a conference final in 2014, the cup final last year. But, and people, I saw somebody saying, oh, Bergevin's done a great job. They made the playoffs six of 10 years. Ignoring two of them, they shouldn't have made the playoffs to begin with. Um, I've had, I've told you guys this before. I have this big document that I've had this Bergevin video waiting for a while. So I've got to, I've got to now work on the finer points of that. I'm going to be doing that. i got to shoot a video right after this. I don't want to get excited and I may seem that I am that people have lost their jobs because especially Mark Bergeron, is such a weird figure to talk about uh, you at the same time, it's kind of like you can't forget that he chose to draft Logan Mayhew, which was completely unacceptable. Um, he is as someone who was the department of player personnel for the Blackhawks. When Kyle beats happened. he claimed he didn't know about it, which if if that is to be true, he is still a director of player personnel who was unaware of what happened in the organization. So there's questions there. We know the philosophy of the team. There was There's so much to look back on. So much to look back on on Mark Bergerman's time as GM. The Suban stuff, his sort of rebuild, how they sort of left Max Patch up to dry, the disrespect to Andre Markov at 990 games played. But then you think of, like, I, I look back to the, the, when they won the third round against Vegas and they got the Western trophy. I think that's the Clarence Bowl. And there's this moment of he, he makes sure to get all the scratch players into the photo. And you're like, it's just, he's such an inconsistent character is Mark Bergevin. Because – at the same time, there's all this stuff in his past, and like the Kyle Beats up is is Anne Mayu was just so utterly unforgivable. But then he just publicly has always been this nice guy. I have this this potted plant with me at this GM meeting. I'm this big goofy, he's this such as this great reputation. I don't know if there has been a more controversial GM in the history of the Montreal Canadians. He will be remembered, I think, of one of the most controversial in NHL history. Not as incompetent as the likes of Mike Milbury. Or in his short term, Paul Fenton in your recent memory, but Mark Bergerman. I am in no way excusing. I think you guys have known I've wanted him out as Hab's GM for a while now. That just sort of how he's built his defense. Um, I, I. There is so much to look back on. There's so much. Yeah, I mean it's a new era. I told you guys this. You know, like I was a real hockey fan starting in 2014. And you just, it's hitting me quickly that for the first time in my fandom, it's not Mark Bergevin running the team. Yeah. It's, and like Trevor Timmons, I mean.
1: It's like oh, the roots are also gone there in a way. Like, you know, we, we had the Mark Bergevin for a while, but then it goes even deeper with that, with Trevor Timmons.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and we know that, and Mellonby. Mellenby is gone. Um, man, they even got rid of their PR guy. Yeah. Think of that yeah
2: just it was just an odd guy to throw in there at the same Yeah, time uh, as, uh, as uh timmons yeah. and and uh Bergeman. it's like paul wilson i don't even know who that is but
0: yeah no he's i think he was the guy that edmondson went to and was like i won't fix you back please oh. um but wow i, I i'm just going to refresh twitter wiggly to see what exactly is up
1: you know when you first messaged me because i wasn't on twitter i yeah. thought evander king got traded to vancouver oh. <laughs>
2: No, no, he did not get straight to Vancouver. Something better. I you know what I think now that one I the dominoes I, I think are gonna start to fall. I think you made obviously Melanby resigned last night. That was kind of domino one, but I think this one was an even bigger domino because it's not only um Timmins, but it's the general manager in the middle of a season, and that's not necessarily a popular thing to do like a, a thing that happens regularly firing a general manager midseason. season
0: in the last 24 hours if you look at the past calendar year with the canadians they fired head coach Claude Julien, assistant uh, associate coach kirk muller uh stephan waite the goaltending coach um i might be forgetting someone else and then now in the last two day, in the last twenty four hours, they've lost GM Mark. They don't. They they haven't got. They fired Mark Bergerman. They fire his an assistant in Trevor Timmons. The other assistant, Mellenby, is gone. It is a completely new look. Okay. A completely new look. And here is the thing: if if Ducharme sees out the rest of the season, it's easier to fire him then because Claude Julien's money should be off the books at the end of this year. So instead of eight million dollars to pay this year, it's down to I want to say it's like three million for Ducharme. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. And uh, this is a really good, a really, really good um, tweet from Jay Fresh. Um, Timmins really coasted off of, of uh, drafting Price, Subban, Patriani, McDonough eleven years ago. Montreal's first rounder since nine since um from two thousand nine to two thousand eighteen. Louis LeBanc. Jared Tanardi, Nathan Bolia. Alex Galchenyuk, Michael McCarron, Nikita Sherbach, Noah Julson, Sargachev, Paling, and Yesberry, Calkin, and EME.
1: So many names there that I've said how many times on this show.
0: They're ghosts. Ghosts. Ah, oh, it. Everything. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. I can't believe this. I. I'm still shocked. I was screaming around my house. I. I FaceTimed Mike. Yeah. Poor guys at work. <laughs> I, it's I a would, lot to take sorry. in. Oh, no, no, go ahead. No, it's just
1: a lot to take in right now. I understand, like, when I I was surprised that – I know it's the historically their worst season yeah. start, but –
0: 22 games, 23, yeah.
1: Just the way I saw things or the way things have kind of been – in the past, which they proved me wrong—that you know, this is not how things were anymore. These are not how things are going to be anymore. But for me, I just kind of felt that, given what Mark Bergevin's been like to this team, to the city, that they're just going to let him, you know, drift off into the distance in the off season.
0: I wonder where he ends up. And in, in, is it Vancouver?
2: Oh my God! Oh my God! Let it be Vancouver. That would be insanity. Um, I I just I wonder what this does to the the team. Like, not obviously him being gone at this moment is not going to change anything player personnel wise, but I wonder if it changes something mentally for the players, knowing that like there's no more BS. Like this guy is gone. Mm-hmm. I, like I just I wonder how the mentality of the team changes.
0: So do I, man. They see when coaches get fired, you get to kick up the butt. But I mean, if you're a Habs fan, which I am, do you want them to play well and win now? But I mean, it's it's really going to be like like coaches are so much more involved. But like we know that there's a reputation of Mark Bergeron within the team. They seem to like him. Um, but I I just I have no idea I I don't know how it affects them, I mean, I wonder like at this like is there a team meeting when it's like hey guys, hey I'm I'm Jeff Gordon it's nice to see you how are we all today I'm trying to think if they if there's a Hab that used to be a Ranger I don't think so I no or a Bruin that would have been with him but probably not they're all a little old it's weird to think a guy from Massachusetts or from Mash. Help me I can't say that word. A I guy can't. from the Boston area is uh <laughs> is now going to oversee like the rebuild of the like the the real like just bringing the integrity back to the Montreal Canadiens. It's kind of funny to look at.
2: Yeah, I you know I I mentioned the players but you said something that sparked something for me. I think it'll be a kick in the ass for uh Dominic Duchar. Yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't have his general manager anymore.
1: This yeah, his is, guy's not is, there anymore. Yeah,
2: his guy's not there anymore, and his team—it was great. I mean, we—you got you, He led the team to the cup final, but this start is not great.
0: It's not great. No. It's historically bad. It's historically yeah. bad. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I'm just think- looking at
1: when we talk about we're going to continue to talk about this, but I think that I just want to see like, what are the first moves that are going to happen in terms of, because there's no way that you could bring in this team going into, going into like the deadlines expecting just the contract to expire. I think that I'd like to see what would be the first few small moves. And then what would be the heavy lifting?
0: I don't know, man it's like if they're going to commit to something you now know that like okay hey there um like again like we know that gordon mm-hmm. is someone who's not been afraid in the past to make the difficult again he bought out henrick we go out, out about him in the, in the next segment of the show um he's not afraid to make the difficult decisions and sell off so if he's kind of like the guy steering here it's like okay hey there what's up um mr Sherrod, you're gone. Get some assets here. I don't know. Maybe he goes after Kratsov just because cause, you a know, former New York guy. I don't know. Um, go get Ly- Lias Anderson. I don't know He brings up all those guys. Lias Anderson from L.A. Not Lemieux, that biting weirdo. Um, We're
1: talking about first-round picks. I'm just thinking of Jeff Gordon right now.
0: <laughs> I, I, Daniel, I feel like I should be the one who had a nosebleed, by the way, not you. The, the, the,
1: Wait, that the, wasn't uh, spoken about.
0: You no, know, it wasn't You had the nosebleed when oh, we finished recording, which was weird. And then you just have me howling you on the phone saying, We're gonna record, it's happened. Yeah. Guys, I'm Guys, I'm so shocked
2: right now. He's you, gone. Why why are you shocked though? Like I mean like I mean I kind of he should have been
0: gone back. four or five years ago. <laughs> because it, it's you knew it was gonna happen. Yeah but it just, everything moves so quickly because it was just silence, silence, silence. And then it's, okay, Melon has gone. Oh, oh, Jeff Gordon. Oh, Benjamin's gone. Oh, Tim, oh, oh, Paul Maher. Okay.
1: Okay, I'm going to do a pop culture reference right now. Okay. So you remember when um, Thanos wins in Infinity War and then he mm-hmm. just is like, I will just watch the sunset. And then that's yeah. it. Yeah. And then, um, like, okay, that's how it is uh that's how the finals went and then like everything's just okay and then the avengers show up <laughs> and then they like ruin his vacation don't let him just like you know drift into obscurity or just let him go on his own terms like no we're gonna do something immediate and we're gonna change all the concepts of time and do something to beat you and get you out of here and i think that's that's what it felt like or it's like we're not gonna let you just go into the distance
0: They went for the head yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all new. Everything's starting again. They're gonna suck for a couple of years, which is unfortunate, but um there we go. It's gonna be hopeful though. Yeah, off. no, it is. It is. Um and they have an owner that's pretty chill, so he's not gonna fire him just because Tom Wilson's Tom Wilson. Okay um enjoy the rest of the show that's a lot more organized i actually really enjoyed today's i'm not just saying this to make people listen but i haven't uh, you know i really enjoyed making the podcast today it was really fun um the last i have a headache
1: i'm not hysteria i in shock
0: i am i gotta go shoot the video now be like with all
1: this adrenaline right now exactly yeah best time to shoot a video
0: okay all right well see enjoy the rest of the show so Montreal, um, in the, I don't think it was a coincidence the timing happened as such. Um, before the game, before Montreal's game, 7 p.m. Eastern, because the West doesn't matter, um, Elliot Friedman does a little cheeky nugget before uh, the broadcast starts saying more to come, but the Habs have permission to talk to Jeff Gordon. Um, not in the GM position. It Now we know it seems to be pointing head of hockey ops. We don't know if exactly it will be president, but it looks like he will... Certainly, be the next big guy in Montreal. He's not the GM. Makes sense because he doesn't speak French. Different issue. Um, and in the wake of all of that, a few minutes into the first period, AGM Scott Mellonby resigns. Uh, for context, I think he was the first person Mark Bergevin hired. Uh, he's been his right hand, like right hand guy for years. He's had interviews for other jobs. Uh, chose to stay with the Canadians. In fact, Mark Bergevin apparently said to uh, Jeff Molson. I think you should replace me with Scott Mellenby and um, clearly that did not happen guys. So first off, I think we should stay here. AGMs are AGMs. We can talk about yeah. Mellenby in a little bit and how Bergevin's found out and just how the poetry is there. Um, but we're waiting for the official announcement. Uh, Eric Engel said it could happen as soon as today, um, but it looks like coming in to sort of head up the next regime of the Montreal Canadians, Jeff Gordon, a pretty good guy to bring in
2: yeah and he's never I mean he's never been be uh, beyond general manager but I, I just look at the moves he's done you know with New York and with that short time in Boston as interim GM and, and I think there's a lot of good moves there that have really built the New York Rangers into what they are and you know adam we were having this discussion before we started recording but even some of the stuff he did in Boston it those guys are still, Important today. Like, I think he was, he ran the draft you mentioned where they drafted
0: Marchand. Right. Yeah, not the Marchand one. No. Uh, that was the year before, but I, I have the sort of the list whenever you want me
2: to. Get Either way, list. but yeah. there's plenty of moves that he's made over his tenure in both Boston and New York that have set the team up very well for the future.
1: Mm-hmm. I know this is a small snippet, but it's just so great that it's so timely that when Artemi Panarin was yeah. fined to the $5,000 and he mentioned the contract he got and he said, shout out to, you know, the GM that signed him to it, Jeff Gordon. Yeah. Um, I think that's amazing. Um, I think that in a way it speaks truth to who he is as um, as a general manager, as someone who could be a hockey executive to the players, even, you know, beyond where he goes now, where he's no longer with the team and, I think that when I think of Jeff Gordon, I think of someone that is what Montreal needs right now. And that's stability. Just someone that is a bit more level-headed. He's not really caught in between what we said before, where, you know, you have the finals in the rearview mirror right now, but it's not too far away, but then you still have this really bad season going on right now. And he's just someone that comes in with a lot of experience and someone that could just, you know, be a guy that you know he's on the side of the team but at the same time he's just more of a mediator going no this is what we need to do and this is how we're going to get back on track
0: Mm -hmm. so for anyone who's not familiar with jeff gordon's exact uh, timeline i think since and it's the early 90s he was working for the bruins and time as scouts and all that um now it was in 2006 that he was for a short time he was interim gm now um the draft that alex is referring to in 2006 uh he Randy. Oh no, sorry, you were right, Alex. It was Marchand. I don't know what I'm thinking about. Um, uh, so and, and so that draft, there were some pretty decent names that came out of it. Phil Kessel, you know that worked out pretty well. Uh, Milan Lucic, pretty good player when he was a brewery, Remember that? Uh, Brad Marchand, a pretty good player as well. Um, and cover your ears, Leafs fans. He apparently was the one who made the deal. That was Raycroft. Coff- Ray Raycroft for Rask. So, and then obviously we know that 2015, Oh sorry, not long after 2007, he eventually goes, he moves on. I think he was actually fired, uh, ends up with the Rangers really quickly. And in 2015, he replaces uh, Clint Sather. And obviously, he's done this advantage ad deal. He brought in out of Fox, he signed the advantage ad. Um, that's sort of the core he made the Jacob Truba trade. Um, the sort of core around the current Rangers as we know them. Um, and uh, that's, that's a pretty impressive resume. It's uh, yeah it's funny Daniel the moment when you mentioned I saw I thought the same thing when um when Panarin had mentioned Gordon like didn't mention his name name but I remember thinking like man what's who's gonna bring in Jeff Gordon like I was I was thinking like the Canucks that would be a pretty cool guy to have like especially if you're if he's dealt with Jim Dolan for as long as he did in New York and again someone he was not familiar um along with John Davidson last year so no it was this was it this season or no it was last no. year right last year yeah they were impulsively fired by James Dolan because Tom Wilson just got into the head of the whole New York Rangers. Um, So really, really funny there.
2: One thing you said there, and I think it's important to add add this as well in the moves that he made. And it's something that might have to be done in Montreal, but he was the one, he was part of the management group that sent out that letter that said, we're going through a rebuild. And it's not necessarily that, He's going to send out a letter in Montreal and say, we have to do this, this, and this. But he's the one who traded Zuccarello. He traded Kevin Hayes. Like he's made the deals in the past and he's gotten a a decent return for those trades. And I think it's important to note that that considering the situation that is going on in Montreal beyond, beyond the need of, Whatever the situation is like What's wrong with the team like their moves Might have to be made and knowing That he's done it in the past I think Is a good sign
1: mm-hmm. and I, I, That's what I like about it too is that Overall process of things is That you know Montreal they have A lot of guys that they have term And it's the same situation With the Rangers but what I liked about That was that he didn't hit panic mode Like when Glenn Sather left he was the guy known as he really spent like crazy. He bought his team. He traded draft picks. And I think when Jeff Gordon came in, he said, okay, listen, we're not going to actually be able to unload all of this right away. But when I find the good deal, I'll find the good deal. And I think that just gives Montreal a lot of options right now, where he could look at what the current core is right now, run with it and just see, okay, what's not working? And let's see if I could get some value out of that. And I think that is something that, Yes, given the season, we have to look beyond now. It's just what is the offseason going to look like?
0: He's got cojones If this ends up happening, it sounds like it's it's all but official yet. Yeah, but like he's got cojones, Not just the fact that, you know, what he in that in that market in New York, um, he he bought out Henrik Lundqvist. you yeah. got to remember that he bought out Henrik Lundqvist. Maybe the best Ranger of all time. Goalies, you know, weird, weird stuff. But you, know, he bought out Henrik Lundqvist. He did the JT Miller-Ryan McDonough trade. He traded their captain. Think of that. Those are the moves he did. It was an, And we know if, if there's one thing that, that is um, a positive about Marc Bergevin's time in Montreal, I'm sure whenever he goes, there's going to be a lengthy discussion about Marc Bergevin, is that Bergevin was never afraid of the moves he made. And um, he stuck with his guns, which we know how important that is in, in those bigger markets, and especially in Montreal. And like, Molson isn't, has never been the most involved owner, um, and it also, but it speaks that he's apparently, I think it was Darren Drager pointed out, he's been on point on this hiring, um, which is uh, pretty important because I, I feel like we had the discussion last episode, there's been talked at nauseam throughout hockey, um, that Molson needed to step in at this point. It's like it's got to be a matter of time now until Bergevin goes. And I mean, we're already seeing with the changing of the guard. That's going back to Scott Mellenby. Um, first off, apparently Mark Bergevin found out his right hand man uh, had resigned via Twitter, which is. I, listen, do you guys remember what? And this quote was going around. Do you remember what Mark Bergevin said when like Alexander Radulov didn't resign in Montreal and went to Dallas?
2: What did he say?
0: He said, if you want loyalty, get a dog. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, so apparently, the resignation was the pro, like sort of the result of um, there were discussions about him being the GM wasn't going to happen. Apparently, then there was discussions about um, you know being president of hockey ops. It didn't happen. Uh, he wasn't a candidate anymore. So as a result, B sort of steps away from the team. Here, um, it's Bergevin's guy, and uh, didn't work out. It's a uh, it's it's a sign to me of like the big changes are not far off here. Um, you, you got rid of the number one guy for Barry Chibbert.
1: Sorry, this, you know what this sounds like? And you guys are probably going to know the name again because I know it's a very, I guess, interesting, unique name. But this remember that happened to Jim Rutherford? And they, he before he resigned, he lost his right-hand man.
0: Carmanos, right?
1: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, this for when before this episode, I was thinking about that. Like, this sounds familiar where it's not outright like the top guy is out of it. It's just like slowly and slowly, like his allies a lot around the management team are leaving.
2: Yeah, and and I think it makes sense in my eyes, and I don't know how they're philosophy, but if he's been Mark Bergevin's right hand man for the last how many years I'd imagine that his philosophies are somewhat similar. So, why would you get rid of Mark Bergevin and then bring in another guy who has who could have similar philosophies to Mark Bergevin? It just seems like you're putting yourself in a situation where you're kind of setting yourself up to fail because Mark Bergevin has been along for Been around for a long time, and his tenure has been. I I think it's fair to call it bumpy, it's been a bumpy road. Are we going to do this for another blank amount of years under Scott Mellenby? Like, I just having him as general manager didn't necessarily make sense to me.
1: I like to say, as a journalist, if I was a sports journalist in Montreal, I would say yes because it's been a roller coaster.
0: What's funny is I think it was when Ganey um, and all, when you know, everything happened with Bob Ganey and he resigned is, I want to say his AGM at the time, I think it was Pierre Gauthier. Uh, Ganey told Molson, Hey, this is the guy. He didn't even interview the guy and he and, and Gautier got the job. Uh, it didn't end well, obviously. Um, but I think Molson sort of probably saw what happened in the past and was like, listen guys, um, no, no. I mean, good on, I hate saying this, but, um, yeah, um, goodbye. I think they need a change. Like, you know, that's unfortunate. It's just, I was thinking, about, I messaged this, I sent this to Will Baldwin, and I'm like, it's almost kind of karma. Because remember, the uh, after Cole Caulfield's rookie year in Wisconsin, Bergeron had that big French interview, He or the interview he did in French. And uh, a bunch of stuff came out of it. Without naming him, he ripped Max Pacioretty. He talked about how he wanted to take Morgan Riley in his first draft. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he said that they were going to send Caulfield back for his, um, for his sophomore year. Caulfield didn't know that. So, he would have found out from that interview. Oh so, gosh. I was just kind of thinking, like, isn't that just sort of kind of just? Isn't it? Yeah. A little bit. So,
1: I think The Office. Remember when, um, um oh, my gosh. Name is escaping me now. Um, Charles Minor. Yeah. Comes Charles in. Charles Minor. Yeah. <laughs> Where he tells Michael, it's like everybody's like, "No, you're done. You're finished. You're done." And then when it actually (laughs) (laughs) happens, Michael's like, "No, no, you're done. You're done.
0: (laughs) You're out of here. It's done." done. And um, I feel like for the rest of the episode, we're gonna have our eyes deep on Twitter to see what's going on, what's next in Montreal, because uh, the season, uh, the season is over. Really, Um, it's hilarious that there's still sixty something odd games left. Um. And I think quickly, just before we go here, I think, or so not go um, two quick notes from headlines last night um, or sorry, 32 thoughts, second intermission stuff, because it's not a headline <laughs> for some reason. Um, Jeff Merrick made it clear that no one in Montreal has called Patrick Wah.
2: They got to so, make that clear. Or else just, that, I,
0: I, Merrick that knew what he was doing. Good. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very that good. Rumor,
2: that rumor was going to start swirling quite quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: If he did Ooh. not say that matt murray cleared waivers oh i knew it like i already knew it who's gonna pick that up for like well, those many years
0: um we can quickly go over there and we'll quickly come back and we'll we'll just have a quick well what what, 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 what are we gonna say um what's we'll it we'll skip a bit of what exactly happened with Montreal and what's wrong with them more on the ice because we tentatively have someone coming on the show on wednesday and we're going to talk about it there um so uh since matt murray has waived or uh, it's clear waivers. Uh, we were going to talk about him. Uh, he was put on waivers. He's got some term left, a lot of money. Um, apparently, he's been dealing with COVID. And, man, you think of the, the couple years his dad passed away, the concussions, COVID. Um, there was speculation. I think Jeff Merrick also mentioned last night that maybe Buffalo, because Craig Anderson's hurt, Arizona, because, you know, once Phil castle has gone, they need to hit the cap floor. Um so maybe there was an idea that they would pick him up. But no, it looks like he's cleared. I'm assuming he'll probably report to uh, – it's, it's it's still Belvin. It is. yeah, It is still Belvin. Okay.
1: Not that Bingham right? intent.
0: It's Not Binghamton. Yeah, not no. Not it's anymore. Belvin. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. So uh, that's, know, a, that's,
1: that's a – That's something that, um you know, we should do every preseason.
0: <laughs> Make sure
1: Belvin. every oh. AHL affiliate yeah. is the same. <laughs> because like, it
0: changes. Yeah. Like, oh, who are the Chicago Wolf associated with this year? You know what I mean? Uh, should be Remember, chicago yeah it, yeah exactly imagine how crazy is. i love how like not even three years into their time vegas figured out that they needed an nhl team and still so much and and like ohio i'm so it was lake erie or finally with with um no is it is it lake erie or is it the cleveland monsters
2: the cleveland monsters are the blue
0: with the jackets, blue jackets. Yeah. and they used to be colorado's affiliate like take that it yeah Oh, Does not make wow. sense? Okay.
1: Or I remember the Piara Rivermen were like the Blues, and then there's something else now.
0: Then the Blues were with Chicago for a bit.
1: Yeah, you remember when um, uh, like we'll, we'll move on to like the other topics, but I just remember after the Dion Phaneuf trade to Ottawa, and yeah. a few of like those AHL guys that were traded with him, they didn't report to the Sens affiliate. They still had to play for the Marlies, so like they never even moved. <laughs>
0: There's a few ones where they just get lent when teams don't have one too. Like that happened with the um, they had a team, but remember when Sam Gagne was with the Canucks and he got waived, and they are like, "Listen, this poor guy just needs the place to play, and he got to play with the Marlies for a little bit." Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know what I mean? It's um, it's unfortunate. It's kind of suck playing in it. That's what I don't like when players get sent down to the AHL and they get into a hump about it because it's like, man, you don't know how lucky you are. Um, okay. three, two
2: one today's episode is brought to you by stamps.com if you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic why not save time and money with stamps.com stamps.com lets you compare rates print labels and access exclusive discounts on ups and usps services all year long it just makes sense especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking that trip. And you can get the discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates, and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using Stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Just going up a couple floors? Sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day? You could use a break. If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money, you'll wonder why you didn't start sooner save time and money this holiday season with stamps.com sign up with promo code pod for a special offer that includes a four-week trial free postage and a digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code pod p-o-d
0: um do 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 uh, Let's talk about the Leafs then, shall we? Sure. Uh, sure. They're good. I think <laughs> as of right now, they're first in the Atlantic.
2: Aren't are not we they? allowed to say they're good? I'm not entirely
1: sure. I know Chris Johnson. He had another tweet where it's like
0: he almost called them juggernauts.
1: He's like he didn't want to call them juggernauts, but he's like they are the top team in like the last like stretch or so. And I'm like, oh no are going to comment on this one
0: so as of right now the Leafs the Panthers have a game in hand um but the Leafs are first in the Atlantic division um they're eight and two, they're eight and two in their last ten and they're on a three game win streak right now it's just right now what you see with the Leafs I think is at the same time everyone is rolling all the big five story Morgan rally in there and when they're rolling and I think now you know my favorite thing is looking at gold saved above average I think Campbell's now at the top of the league for it. Um, they're getting great goaltending. They're defending really well. They're scoring a lot of goals. There is—it's hard to criticize because they're playing so well.
2: And yet, we still find ways to criticize this team. <laughs> it's Toronto because <laughs> it's Toronto. <laughs> no man, I—I'm like I was thinking about this last night as I was scrolling through Twitter and just saying the endless amounts of love and complaint about this team it's like are we not allowed to be like happy just a little bit no. like I just I'm trying to just try and figure out am I allowed to be a little bit happy mm-hmm. um, and I've answered no I'm not it's so, like the
1: you know you're holding your breath in a way where it's like I love the wins like for me this stretch has been great because the teams they've beaten, are the ones that I call them the pesky teams where the Leafs have had trouble with them before. And they're the teams that they're not exactly, you know, top echelon in a way, but they're the ones that could steal a win here and there. And I think, you know, the sharks are not as bad as they used to be the Kings, you know, you, you get a mixed bag with them. Like every night,
0: Daniel, there's no effect. Yeah. So I think it's part the other game. (laughs) did not work.
1: But yeah, shout out Sean Dursey, by the way, in that game, Uh, Leafs legend.
0: he had a goal and assist there. Yes, yes, yeah.
1: It did. Oh. Man, okay, this is the, this is the one thing I had for the Kings game. If yeah. only Carl Grundstrom was not injured, you could see the entire return for Jake Muzzin on the ice. You
0: wow. could. I mean, it's it's nice it's to see like f- Grundstrom's not playing for you know what was it? What was it going on the team? The uh, the overseas team was the last year, and it was like accusations of like throwing games and all that. Oh, was
2: he uh, part of that?
1: Was that him?
0: Was on that team? I was like him, and I think it was Connor Ingram. Oh, yeah. Great.
2: I just, listen, I love watching this team win. It's just, I can't make any damning statements until May.
0: That's very true. April, April, April. No, no,
2: I double check the season ends at the end of April. So So, technically uh, they will be playing in May,
0: technically. or, Or will it? See, there's more to talk about with the oh. Leafs because that would have been the perfect transition to the Olympics. But, um, <laughs> um, but no, no, you know, no, that's fair. Because what's good about beating the Kings is, you know, they it's, it's the beginning of the year. There was that game against San Jose when I was still claiming that Eric Carlson was back um, <laughs> and the Sharks were good again. Um, they needed to get that revenge for the back and Leafs Twitter is such a funny thing because a month ago it was it was awful. Absolutely awful. And I saw like I think it was like Tic Tac Omar or Adam Wild just sort of going like Ah, it's good. We're enjoying it. We know what we were saying last, month, we're good now. You know, you like seeing fan bases enjoying themselves, but you kind of you take the screenshot and you're like, I'm gonna save this for later. Yeah. I mean, oh, no, man. no, no X-rated tabs opened up like it's, <laughs> it's- <laughs> Cox. <Ridiculous>. Cox. <laughs>
2: um, no man. Like, yes, I think, you know, they had a rough start to the season where they're like, they went five, two and five or two, four and one technically. Um, but I think they've really bounced back from that and they've done quite well. Again, like I just I want to be happy. <laughs> I just I want a little bit of happiness because everyone's like legitimately everyone is play has been playing quite well. They they they're getting goaltending, which is spectacular. From both. Joseph Fall has been good. Yeah, Joseph Fall has, has looked really like I mean he's played three games, but he's looked well in those three. Is that um, more than Mirazik, by the way? <laughs> I,
1: I'll
0: I'll think check so. yeah. with your point. Okay. I want to
2: double check. It. Um Their defense has looked good, and they actually have seven solid NHL defensemen, I would argue. Um, And then their forwards, it's been, you know what, the big guys struggled. And then the the bottom six picked up some weight. And now it's back to, well, the big guys are back, and we're getting this, like, sprinkle of – the bottom six depth showing up and, you know, look at Andre Kasha, how well he's been playing. Unfortunately now he's injured. Uh, David Kampf has looked, re- has in my opinion, looked really good along with Michael Bunting. It's just, there's so much to be happy about. And I know how quickly that happiness can be taken away.
0: That's a very fair
1: That's what I want to say right now is, and you know, I don't always agree with Greg Button's takes on a lot of things, uh, but I think, and for right now, while well, we're enjoying it, I, I like that this team looks a lot more complete. So a big thing that I brought up in the off season was I wanted to know how those other guys that were brought in, how are they going to fit in to this team? Because of course, yeah, they lost Zach Hyman. They couldn't afford that. They bring in all these other forwards and I just want to see how everything meshes. So when we're on the topic of Andre Kasha, like I, you know, from, a, I guess a personal fan perspective of him, I am really grateful that he's found his game. I know he's a bit injured right now, but it's not the severity of his Bruins injuries where I look back on a stat before this episode. And I, I forgot that in two seasons, he only played nine games for the Bruins combined yeah. Yeah. in the regular season. So I think that was like a bit of a gamble, but it's something that's working out. And I think that that's what Toronto needs is on the cheap. These guys that come in and they want to reinvent themselves. They want to, Find a way to kind of rejuvenate things. It's it's been helping them with looking a lot more complete than what we saw in the playoffs.
0: It's just it's the role thing, right? Like Ponting needed to come in and be a rat. Pretty good at that. Yeah. Um Tasha just needed to stay healthy and score goals. Um he's been mostly healthy this year. Like, you know, the league it, it's just like it's kind of like Tyler Ennis to a point. You know, it's just we got to recoup this guy that we know has a lot of skill and just needs yeah. to stay healthy. And the thing with Kasha is just he's just it's that reputation of headfirst into every play he still has. Um, so first off, get well soon, Andre Kasha. Um, and then it's kind of like the one question is still Richie, and he's had some games here and there. But it's just like it's that thing of one of them gets waived, one leaves in the offseason, one gets dealt for a depth pick to Vancouver. Um, and he, I don't know. It's just Richie's just that one. If we want a nitpick. Hey Nick Richie.
2: Yeah, like I I think he's the one guy I'd have to complain about. Um, And I see a lot of people talking about him. Obviously, I just think you got to put him. Okay, I'm gonna say it. You got to put him in the right situation. I under. (laughs) I know he makes like two and a half million dollars, but, and I think Keith has done this. He he's putting him in the best situation for for the team you're not going to force Nick Ritchie because he makes two and a half million dollars to play in the top six. When unfortunately that doesn't work on a consistent basis. In my opinion, where Nick Ritchie has looked best is on the third and fourth line. Mm-hmm. you want, we can have a discussion about the contract, right? That's a, that's a separate discussion, but if we're looking at Nick Ritchie as the player, we have to, Sheldon Keefe and co. have to decide where does he play best, and that's where you're going to stick him. It's, you can test him out in other places, but at the end of the day, he has to play where he plays best for the team, not for himself.
0: Can I tell you where he finishes the year? Tell me. In a deal to Arizona for Phil Kessel?
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Don't even say that.
0: You're going to me way out, too excited.
2: Come on, You're going to happen. so excited. If they well, at happens. least bring back Phil Kessel, like, that would be – I'd love it. You know I'd
1: what I would be it. waiting for if that happened? What? All those. It's like, you know, when a team reacquires a player and then they, like, there's people that you just post pictures of his old ones on the old team. It's like, oh, I just got a new photoshopped photo yeah. of the guy's New Jersey on him. <laughs> yeah, How does it look?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Leafs play, it is tonight, right? I yeah, the they dogs. do at 8 yeah. p.m. And are they, do they go to Seattle after this? Uh, let
2: me just do a double check here.
0: Just because I know a few of because they've added, at least I know for Washington and like Montreal, they've added Seattle to the California road trip.
2: Uh, it's weird
0: because they don't put Vancouver there, but whatever.
2: No, they go to, they are coming back and they play Colorado on Wednesday and then they're off for a back-to-back road trip in Minnesota and Winnipeg.
0: That's That makes sense because then Colorado are going to Montreal on Thursday. Yeah. I'm guessing they're just doing a whole Eastern trip.
2: Wow! Right um, so, how many games has Morazic played?
0: oh uh, yeah, he's played two.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah,
0: Joseph Wall has played three.
1: That's insane.
2: Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I yeah. feel
2: great. Yeah.
0: I feel um,
1: great. You yeah. know what? Maybe
2: Jack Campbell just don't go to the Olympics. Okay. Just nah. Give him the month right. off. Oh, give, you, the, give, give him give him, give him, give him a, the
0: entire month off. Just be the care. third
2: goalie. <laughs> i don't want I mean, that's any an expensive
0: risk. third goalie <laughs> i don't want
2: any risk
0: yo buffalo would claim
2: him who joseph wall
0: no um morassic
2: oh oh my probably gosh. i don't I want to think about that right him. now
0: this I, poor guy just needs to uh, needs to get her uh, Needs to to stay just- healthy um okay maybe let's not have a hot debate about me trying to say that neil is better than uh than marner <laughs> why not why
2: not oh, i don't um, even know if i could like what what the argument is let's try it
0: it's just because neilander hasn't i at least in my opinion i don't think neilander has had the sort of slump where you're like god damn it william you're gone invisible you're useless you know that yeah. type of thing that he has every yeah. year and i just uh, think yeah. like like it'd be interesting to see where he ranks 'Cause again, like and I double check, Marner still hasn't scored on the power play. And at some point, like I hate to pit to, to um to to pick on Mitch Marner. But dude, come on. <laughs> Sorry, he
2: doesn't have a goal or he doesn't have a power play, play goal, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, no, he has really? a power wow. play goal. In surprising. two years so far, he hasn't done it like that that is not good like that is we're nearly because what if we're like 20-ish games 56 we're like last a quarter year, almost a quarter the playoffs in, yeah. in there it's nearly 82 games since he's done it i don't know going back to um whatever season is before COVID because time doesn't matter but <laughs> no. you know what i mean
2: i'd i'd say um last year i that's a huge issue because he was in that position where he was just opposite of matthews where he should have scored plenty of goals yeah. Um, but this year I think they've done it a little bit differently where I understand. Listen, I'd love to, for him to have goals, but like, he still looked like he's looked pretty good. I can't complain. I, it's just hard to complain. Backstrom scores goals. No, I, yes, I, yeah, but Backstrom can score goals without Ovechkin. Like, okay. I, like without like Mitch Marner, his pure thing is passing the puck. And everyone knows that, which is why it's such an issue. You just shoot
1: it. Just shoot I agree.
2: It, I 100% agree with you. He should have a have a have a power play goal. Mm-hmm. I just think there's so many other things to pick on other than that.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like <laughs> Nylander actually goes to the net.
2: He goes to the net. He had that goal against uh...
0: where he was left in front. Yeah, the one against Vegas that like is so. like a super highlight reel. Yeah. Crashing! I don't just sit there when you know, like the plays right. against the boards and that. You know what oh, I mean? I know. I know. And just like I'm just gonna like no no. Being so hard on him. Mitch. I'm just saying, you know, get your nose dirty a little bit, Mitch. That's all I'm trying to say. How many points does he have? Uh, then I get your nose point. dirty like Chris Russell. He has 18 points in 22 games. I'm okay. Okay, that's fine. Yeah,
1: that's okay.
0: He's supposed to be scoring 90 points every year.
1: Yeah, I, I was expecting 96 points this year.
0: Wait, were you actually? <laughs> Yeah. Wait, how many right, that's very exact.
1: I don't know. I just I thought of it, I'm like, he's on pace if he's gonna have a bounce back here, 96 points.
0: You know, they did can, have slow starts, like say with Matthews, right? Yeah,
2: he can still have 96 points by the way. I'm
0: Nick saying, Richie's like, still thirty and thirty. It, it would be nice then, if one of those ninety six points was a power play goal. Okay. We'll move fair, on, fair, but like I'm just saying, like he doesn't right.
1: want it too easy. Like hey, he has a like,
0: shorthanded goal, though, guys.
1: Yeah, see? He wanted the shorthanded goal.
0: Cool. That's great. I'm happy. Score. Okay, you can score when you're a man down. Score when you're a man up, my man. That's all the, I'm trying to say.
1: He's the
2: only leaf score with shorthanded goal.
0: Cool. Leaves. You see the sirens that you hear? Oh, I hope yeah. there's not an accident because of all the snow. Um, Or maybe nah, – no, I, I was trying to figure out a transition here. Um, Other news from the waiver wire. Evander Kane has been put on waivers. He'll probably end up with Barracuda. The the Barracuda. The I don't know why I just the said Barracuda. With <laughs> Barracuda. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is Jose, a Barracuda. The San Jose Barracuda. How the hell does San Jose have an AHL team in their region? But a lot of other teams, that beyond a mystery to me. But um yeah, it's it makes sense. I don't know how much longer he has in the league. I wonder if they just stick him down there, see if his attitude's right. If it's not, he just gets sent home.
2: I wonder if they even stick him down there. I wonder if they do. I wonder if it, San Jose does what New York did last year with Tony D'Angelo and they mm-hmm. throw him on waivers and then just be like, stay home.
0: I hope so. He's just, he doesn't have a place yeah. in the league. My, not-
1: my prediction is he's going to be in the AHR right now. They're going to put him on re entry waivers prior to the deadline. And then in the offseason, he's going to be bought out.
2: Hopefully, I you Adam. You did say he has no place in the league. I'd be careful with that. I'm sure there's teams who would call up.
0: Yeah, no, where Mark Perezhvan <laughs> ends up next year? <laughs> <laughs> mm, Arizona,
1: okay. ouch.
0: No, no, no. Who needs no. a G? They're, Vancouver. They're,
1: oh my God! Please, I would. Oh yeah, he for the also. He played for the Vancouver Giants, so. Sorry, No, um, Evander Kane.
0: Oh, he's from BC, isn't he? Yeah. Is he from? Okay. Um, by the way, guys, I just wanted to point out, um, because he scored a hat trick in his other game, so you kind of know. I I kind of had to bring him up. Seven hundred forty-eight <laughs> goals scored of Alex Ovechkin, eighteen away from Yager, fifty-three from Gordy Howe, one hundred forty-six from Wayne Gretzky. I say so he I'm does it. Wrong. I hope he does. I he hope my math's not right, right. off because I saw someone on Instagram saying one forty-seven from Wayne. I'm like, I don't know about that hold on let me do some masks very quickly because wayne is 894 goals minus 748 146 that person was wrong
2: person was wrong
1: whoever you are that was incorrect on twitter
0: stay off the ov goal counters turf that's mine get out of here anyway just need to mention that that and he's playing right now against carolina has not scored yet i've been keeping an eye on the game anyway um you can't stop Ovechkin's shot you can try and get in the lane you can try and you know what block the shot but you will not block as many shots as Chris Russell. Alex, can you please read a speck of this Mark Spector article?
2: Yes, sir. I closed it by accident. (laughs) Let me find it. It was just such an awesome, awesome tweet. It was about uh, Chris Russell.
0: who, And for context, last night, I think by the end of the first period, Chris Russell is officially the NHL's all-time leader in shot blocks.
2: This is such a great... Yeah. 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 Whoa. This is such a great headline. <laughs> so this is but you know what I'm not even gonna, Daniel. Have you I don't think you've seen it, but if you I have haven't seen it, okay. I want you to guess who wrote this. Um just wait, wait, wait. Let okay, me okay. read you the headline.
0: I already I already said
2: yeah. Oh, did you? Well, it was yeah, I said, oh, it's Mark Spector. Oh man, oh sorry, spec- sorry, sorry. Article. Okay, uh Chris Russell should wear a C on his chest, not for captain, but for courage as he gets set to become the all-time NHL leader in shots blocked Saturday night in Vegas.
1: I like to say that we were talking about classes prior to this episode. Can you imagine if we handed that in like on a story date? No, I'm just wondering, like, can you imagine if we actually handed that in?
0: I feel like Schnaz would be like, what is this? Man, yeah, no,
2: I don't know. I don't know if that'd get approved.
0: Like, it's, it's like... And then Alex had a tweet that I would like you to bring up in a second here that was like, what shot blocks are about? First off, oh. that's pretty incredible. Like, like, let's just point out, first off, he has an NHL record. That's so cool. Like, I respect shot blockers because, like, you know, you're eating rubber there. You're eating rubber. That's not easy. I don't want to be hit by, by a puck. You know, most guys are scared to block shots. But, you know, that's just – I remember – I always bring this up. That game, Montreal-Minnesota, went in, in a single shift – Joel Eriksson-Eck blocked three Shea Weber slap shots. And that remember that that sequence from the Detroit game that came up a couple weeks ago? When um it was just 50 seconds of shot blocking. Yeah. It was like but like beyond that is like shot blocking and just you don't have the puck. And it's just pure like awfulness in the defensive zone because you're just trying to get in like the way of the shot because you're chasing the puck.
2: Yeah, do you sorry, you want the two the comment? Is that the,
0: the one term? you told me about before we
2: recorded? Uh <laughs> this is not sure how Russell is still in the league as he has not been an NHL caliber defender for a few years. Blocking shots is the last line of defense for good demon, and having to block so many, not a good sign regarding defensive ability.
0: And his his numbers have been off since when was, what was the year when it was like, it became down with the Oilers and the Leafs were going to sign them. And everyone was like, no,
1: like I'm trying to remember when that was 17, 2018.
0: That sounds around. Right. But you know, I remember back then and all these years later, I forgot Chris Russell was on that team. And then yeah, someone's yeah. just now he's blocking shots. I'm like, Wait, what? He,
2: he signed a, a four year deal in 2017. With the Oilers It was an extension Because he had He was with the Flames And I think they traded him Then that summer 2016 He signed a one year deal With the Edmonton Oilers
0: Why? They have so (laughs) many of those defensemen
2: (laughs) And then a year later They signed him to a four year extension
0: I, I don't know why you would do that
1: at the same time, it's like
0: Oscar Club it, it, at home, Like it is on?
1: obviously a thing Edmonton would do. Not I guess right now, but at the time, remember they were giving all these quote unquote loyalty guys these extensions, like Zach Wait Cassian.
0: A Wait a minute, that was in tw- the contract was in twenty seventeen, right? Which contract? The Russell contract.
2: The extension, the four year extension. Yeah. Yeah. That Sorry, was signed in 2017. You
0: talk about loyalty and contract signings there, Daniel. Because Shirelli was GM.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Shirelli obviously had Lucic. Was Lucic 16 or 17 they gave him that contract?
1: 16. Because remember, that was the summer of, like, all the summer, crazy stuff happening. Summer of hell. The summer of the Back-up. deal is one for one.
0: So can we do... Oh, yeah. The 20, yeah, uh, the the half an hour of Weber, Subban, Taylor Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you mm. imagine an Oilers fan in the calendar year each trade Hall for Larson? You give Lucic to that contract and the next year it's like hi there. We're gonna give Chris Russell a massive extension.
1: And still run Zach Hassan on the first line.
0: And they they stopped doing that. They stopped Yeah,
1: they stopped doing that eventually. Yeah, but that, like that year, year, year they did, because that was when they went to the second round against the Ducks.
0: Yeah. And then Corey Perry fell on the goal. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful man. I miss him. Um anything else on the Oilers? No. Okay, cool. McDavid, pretty good. They score. They score. They do score, yeah, they do score um, And Stuart Skinner hasn't been that bad In the games he's played too, which is pretty nice to see um, But yeah They've
1: been calling him the principal Or just me
0: Skinner <laughs> just those, you. Is it just those? you? It's know, probably you. just
1: me <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay Um. Do We can keep going here And I know we said that Vander Kane shouldn't be in the league But I don't think Brendan Lemieux should be either Um <laughs> And yes, so. let's let's all remember, uh, his his dad is Claude Lemire, right? Yeah. Okay. So.
1: <laughs> he, 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 he bit someone. I know.
0: See, it's, it doesn't even need context because when you just flat out say, so yesterday, the Flames and the Sens, not the Flames, the Sens and uh, the, um, Kings. The, the Kings, the Kings, he used to be a Ranger. It, the Kings and the Sens are playing. There's a bit of a scuffle, and Brady Kachuk gets – his hand like what's it wasn't even the nibble. Like he drew blood. Lemieux just oh, bites Kachar. God. I think he did it twice, right? Yeah. He got a five-minute major. Is this uh, out well look on Alex's face? Like find the what? YouTube portion of the show just to see Alex's face here. What? Like it, it's just like remember when Marchand licked a guy? Like he licked two guys in the same playoffs. That was it was what it was Komarov and Hedman? No, and Callahan. And Callahan. And Ryan at Callahan. And it was like, ah, I don't <laughs> and even then, think he got fined.
2: And then uh, um, Gary Batman picked up the phone and said, "Jeremy, uh, can you tell Brad not to do that anymore?" And, and then he's
0: he the <laughs> "Imagine telling an employee to stop licking people." And so, and as a result of this, and look we'll at Kachuk's quote in a second, you trust me because it's a good one. So uh, Lemieux has been offered an in-person hearing for for capital. They've capitalized. It. <laughs> Capital B biting from player safety, so that that allows it to be um, to go over five games.
1: <laughs> I, that's messed.
0: <sighs> over <laughs> the first reply is hilarious, and it's like because I'm in person hearing over Zoom, and it's like over Zoom, so he can't bite. Them. <laughs> so Brady could shock who of, of all, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I'm
2: just in shock, man. Like this is ridiculous. It's he like, bit
0: someone. <laughs> You see it, and you're just like, no way. And then, like, it's just, like, it's half of Kachuk's hand is bleeding. It's like, what happened? And, like, Like, the uh, the shots are like, like, imagine, like, if somebody just, like, you know, you can, like, stub your toe or something, or, like, you know, you just get, like, a nick on your hand. Like, the reaction when someone bites you, I'm surprised Kachuk didn't just knock him out or something. Because it's like, of all the Kachuks, Brady's probably the most, like, he's still a pet, because he's a Kachuk, so he's a rat. But he's like... He's the cleanest rat of the, the law, right? He's, he's the nowhere, most more the zen compared one. to
1: Matthew. Yeah, he's
0: a, he's a good boy. You know he's when a, like there's that like that TikTok thing of like which of your kids is like this? You know, most <laughs> girlfriends and like the parents would point to it. I'm pretty sure if you were saying all the good things, they're to Brady, and if it's like all the nasty things, it's to Matthew. <laughs> so here's the, here's the quote from Brady Kachuk. He doesn't name Lemieux, but I don't know anyone else who's bit a player recently. So <laughs> quote. This is the one time I'm going to answer this, said Kachuk. It was the most gutless thing somebody could ever do. This guy, (laughs) he just calls him this guy. You can ask any one of his teammates. Nobody wants to play with him. This This guy is a bad guy and a bad teammate. He focuses on himself all the time. The guy's just a joke. He shouldn't be in the league. This guy's gutless. No other team wants him. He's going to keep begging to be in the NHL, but no other team is going to want him. He's an absolute joke. I can't even wrap my head around it. People don't even do this. He's just a bad guy. Kachuk didn't stop there either. It's outrageous. Kids don't even do that anymore. Babies do that. I don't even know what he was thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad guy. Bad player. But what a joke he is! <laughs> so, well, yeah. This is the most candid quote I've ever heard in the National Hockey League. He called him a and like in hockey, like they say, "bad guy" is like the worst thing you can say about someone. Yeah, yeah. man, he should. How many games do you even give someone for biting a dude?
1: I, I don't know. I'll <laughs> say ten, but they're gonna give him like three or five.
2: Well, it's got to be, it could be more than five. If they're calling him it for as like an in person style hearing, they got to give him more
0: than five. Like, can we just be like, we, you watch your dad play? We know what you're doing. Can we just boost? He's a repeat offender via his blood. He's <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I me. Mean? <laughs> it's legit in his DNA. Yeah. It be like, an yeah. awful player. <laughs> Like, dirty. Like, that's just... You remember how, like... So, PK accidentally... Oh, not accidentally. He slew foot's... um, Who was it? Sammy Blay and Sammy Blay's out the year. It was like, oh, PK's not trying to hurt anybody. Like... Okay. (laughs) And you bite a guy. (laughs) Like, what's the intention when you're biting someone?
2: It gets better. It gets better. Does it? I just just went on... So, Bruce Garriott posted the tweet. uh, Posted a quote. That quote. The first comment I see... Do you guys remember the New York Ranger fan account that everyone thought was Tony D'Angelo? I am yes. very much Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: This. Oh, no. His oh, no.
2: response was come to Carolina at Brendan Lemieux. <laughs> wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. The account itself actually said that? Yes. No way. Yeah. Please send that to me. I will. I, DM that to me on Twitter right now. That's no way. Yeah, he's like, come to Carolina. It's like, man,
2: it's like gets better. He, I can't believe he bit someone. Like, I genuinely, I'm in utter shock because I've seen biting before. Obviously, we've talked about uh, Luis Suarez before. He's bit like, uh, three, yeah, I was gonna think of that separate one. Separate occasions. I don't know exactly how you punish Brendan. Like he should be punished. You can't go around biting people. Like we thought licking was like, remember when um, Connor Garland threw or McKinnon threw Connor Garland's helmet back at him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're like, yeah, well, I mean, like, I guess you kind of, you can't do that. You got to suspend someone for that. I think he was suspended a game or two. How do you punish someone who bit someone?
0: It's like so. Marshan can lick a dude. McKinnon barely gets much for throwing a helmet, which I thought was pretty funny. Panarin gets a fine for whipping his glove at uh, Marshan. but it's Marshan. I'll see. I'd give Panarin five k for that. But and like, wh- where's the like? Is has anyone ever been suspended? I gotta find this out. If anyone's ever been suspended for biting someone.
1: Sorry, I just realized Brendan Lemieux's picture. He's still wearing a Rangers jersey.
0: Um, that's a lot. Um, I really want to find uh if someone's actually bitten someone. Some oh
2: man, like I don't Daniel, like what, what was your reaction when you saw the notification that Brandon Lemieux got ejected from a game for biting someone?
1: Um I don't know, it's just like okay, I was just like, what the heck? was that but at the same time i'm not really that surprised
0: to be uh, honest there is a few examples of biting surprisingly uh first off uh i don't think you you guys remember this uh gabra i'm uh, sorry Mikhail grabowski bit max patch what um yeah no what? Was, yeah no it happened in like um 2013 apparently
2: that's oh, okay. why they bought him out
0: yeah that's yeah no because he's biting people Okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's some more guys in here. Uh, Dave Manson and Scott Stevens were three-game suspensions. Each Manson bit. Uh, Stevens got eye gouging. Mark Savard. Um, bit Darcy Tucker and got a game. Okay. Um, there's there have been a few actually.
1: Were there one in like the finals?
0: Like 2011? Oh, here it is. 2010, 2011. Yeah. Ye gods, biting has even invaded the cup final in 2011. Uh, Alex Burroughs was accused and pretty gl- uh, clearly uh, guilty of biting the finger of Patrice Bergeron. Oh my yes. God. Did so, he get at, suspended? Um, I, apparently there wasn't enough. The, ev- uh, the NHL couldn't find conclusive evidence. But there is evidence of Lemieux. So there we go. I, I guess let's just, we'll, we'll see what he gets. But like, don't bite people.
1: It's weird. It's not sanitary.
0: I, 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 don't know if I've ever bitten someone in my adult life. I, I like, I, I probably bit someone as a kid. Yeah. Because fuck I was a kid. Yeah. But you nah. know, as as Kachuk says, babies do that. Remember Dogs that video? you do that when they're mad.
1: Remember that video? It's like Charlie bit me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. He was Charlie was a kid.
1: Charlie was a child.
0: <laughs> was a young <laughs> he was, child.
2: He was a baby.
0: He's yeah. just, just insane. And yeah, Panarin, that was another funny thing. He whipped his glove at Marchand. And really Marchand said something about Russia. And and for those of you who don't remember, Panarin's been somebody, a Russian player who's very open about not liking Vladimir Putin. Um, you know, the tweets, he had to step away from the team, remember that. So um, I, I would love to know what Marshan said. And apparently, I can't confirm this, but I saw somebody going on about he may have been mic'd up. Because uh, I'd like to know. Like, I'd like get, to hear it. Classy yeah.
2: Marchand, that's normal.
0: Yeah, you know, Marchand, yeah, you never, you, uh, role model Brad
2: Marchand. <laughs> Noted classy role model Brad mm-hmm. Marchand.
0: Noted, uh, freaking Brad Marchand. I can't even, I'll never get over that guy. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, where are we now? Where are we now? Uh, the Hurricanes always seem to want defensemen. And I don't understand it. Uh, Jeff Merrick reporting last night's Saturday headlines. That Carolina have been calling Dallas about John Klingberg. Why?
1: They want another right-hand shot.
0: I guess they just want him to work the second or first unit and just bump Tony D'Angelo down or something. I don't know. That's, that's just Dallas. I mean, so this is Carolina to a point. So many like, puck movers. This...
1: Sorry? So many puck movers.
0: I wish that I yeah. cheered for a team that had that philosophy.
2: Because their right side right now is Pesci, uh, Ethan Bear, who they got in the summer, Yeah. and Tony D'Angelo, who they got in the summer.
0: Yeah, so it would so- be awful having another sort of offensive-minded guy there.
2: No, because you can put him – like, imagine putting John Klingberg next to Jacob Slavin, who's oh. just all defense. Like, that would oh. be – that's why I, I'm pretty sure Slavin and Hamilton played together. So, like, imagine putting a offensive guy next to Jacob Slavin. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, that's, like, dreamy.
0: I hate that. I hate the Hurricanes so much. They just do whatever they want in this league, and it's, and it's
1: crazy because remember uh, I I predicted them to take a step back because of the whole Dougie Hamilton situation.
0: Yeah, same. And they've gotten better.
2: Well, I mean, it does help to have good goaltending. Oh. I assume
0: that is true. Yeah, That is very true.
2: <laughs> like they've yeah.
0: Even if Toronto's played that much, it's just I pretty Anderson been so bad.
2: And the Hurricanes also have plenty of prospects to trade.
0: That like, is also like, true. Talk Martin. about a well-run organization. Yeah, that. very much. Do-do-do-do-do. Uh, Where else can we look here? Where else can we look? Um, The Winnipeg Jets. Um, they won last night, unfortunately. Um, but they've been tailing off a little bit. I've been that hot. Um, and I think a big problem. If you look at the Jets, there's a really, really big problem I noticed. I have no goals and seven assists this year. Who am I? Uh, Nick Ealers?
1: No, no, no. 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 Blake Wheeler.
0: Blake Wheeler doesn't have a goal. I have two goals this year, and I'm our number one center, or maybe not for much longer, but, you know, I'm obviously a very clean player, and I know how to play the empty net properly, but I only have two goals this year. Mark Shifley. Two goals between Wheeler and Shifley. That's uh, what does Shifley make for six million? That's eight. Put some spare change in there. So that's nearly $15 million for our two goals. Yeah.
1: Are they still... Because I didn't look at their lineup scheme, but are they still two out of the three on the first line?
0: I will get up daily face-offs. I feel like they've been transitioning them lower down the lineup, I think, was something I was reading about, and they're kind of adjusting to it. It just doesn't look very good when you got rid of Mr. Patrick Line And, you know... Wheeler makes eight million. So here's the, here's the. So the first line shows Svechnikov, Connor, and Dubois. The second line is Andrew Cop, playing with Shifley and Wheeler. So they're still together.
2: So three of the six guys you named there are are actually having hell of a starts. It's literally Shifley and Wheeler who are the guys I look at and say, "Wow."
0: Yeah, Cop's
2: having a better it. year. Cop seventeen points, twenty-one games. Yeah. Kyle Connor has twenty-four points in twenty-one games.
0: He had another pair of goals last week. He is insane. No one talks about him. Remember, we were reading that, we were reading that athletic article, and they're like, "Oh, well, no, don't know if Kyle Connor will be on the team." He's like, <sighs> "What? Huh? What do you mean?" This Nate Schmidt's this, been good too. Who? Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt. Yes. Yeah,
1: that works this, out when you leave Vancouver. That's
2: like the first time you've genuinely burned Vancouver, Daniel. And I absolutely love it.
0: We will in a little bit.
2: Yeah, we will. Um this guy too, eleven goals and seven assists. 18 points. Do you know who that is?
1: Healers? No. Jason Appleton.
2: No. No, you guys are missing one. Not Dubois? It is Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, good for him. 18 points, 21 games. I'm happy
0: they lost his return game to Columbus, though, because he deserved to lose that
2: game. He's performing. They're getting the Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think, that they expected last year. And they didn't get him last year because of injuries and being quarantined for two weeks or a week. And they're getting him now, and it's paying dividends. Imagine they didn't have Pierre-Luc Dubois and Shifley and Wheeler, or Shifley in particular, is having this start?
0: Um. Yeah, that wouldn't be great. No, it would not. That wouldn't be great. But hey, um, he should still not make Team Canada, by the way. Pierre-Luc uh, Dubois? Yeah, no, he shouldn't. Yeah, no, probably. so not Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, Shifley. No way.
1: No, not the way things have been. I don't think so.
0: Obviously, you know, you want a, a structural team, not one that's going to, you know.
1: We don't want an all-star team, according to Doug Armstrong.
0: I that makes me think that we're gonna have some surprising picks, and that I, call me crazy. I really think Phil Deneau is gonna make the Olympic roster if we go, because it's starting to look a little uncertain, gentlemen. And there it is. Um, another team has sort of had games pushed back. This time it's till the thirtieth, and it is the New York Islanders, who um I did not realize how bad it was looking for them until I looked on Cat Friendly yesterday. Um, and also they have not. They have not been good to start the year. I think they've lost their last six or something. And uh, these are the guys that are currently on uh, COVID. Anders Lee, pretty important player. Uh, Adam Pellick, pretty important player. Josh Bailey, Ross Johnson, um, Andy Green, and Kiefer Bellows. Not to mention, Pulak is also out long-term, of an injury in that. Um, Brock Nelson, as well as on IR. Um, Now... And Emily Kaplan had a good thread about this and it was really interesting. The first tweet was like, you know, obviously the league didn't want to go and I'm paraphrasing here, but Gary Bettman agreed and apparently behind her words, intends to fulfill the promise. But um, every time a team gets pushed back the or you know games get rescheduled, there's less and less chance of us going to the Olympics.
1: Yeah. I remember reading an article about how there were a lot of management that were lukewarm about the idea and now they're just thinking like okay what what's even the point at right now and i think you know of course like this is the the same argument we had before 2014 where i forget who it was but for the islanders they argued that you know what am i going to tell my season ticket holders and you know this is not a direct code like what am i going to tell my season ticket holders when john tavares broke his leg and i think it's the same thing now but like on you know, an even bigger scale of not looking beyond, okay. Like we could talk about, yeah. Like we could talk about expanding the game, showing it on a bigger platform right now, but I I don't know. It's just, we already knew that this was going to be a rough transition into it. And as we get closer to the Olympics, it's just something now that we know that the players want it, but like with all the other intangibles going on, it's just it's 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 a bit on like a weird, like a weird like balancing act. If if you guys know what I mean,
2: yeah. And, and the other thing too is, I'm pretty sure that if you have a positive test in China, you have to quarantine for three weeks. So even if it's a false positive, you're still Quarantining, Like, let's say you do that test and it's positive. You're quarantining for three weeks. Mm-hmm. So number one, that's like, I don't know how much the players really want to do. Like, I wouldn't want to want to do that. I get I'm very understanding of how important the Olympics is, but especially with the way the NHL, the season has started and how many false positive positive tests there have been. I'm gonna go, and then now I have to be in a might have to be in a hotel room for three weeks. Like it's just it's a it should be a large consideration for player and for team
0: As of right now, I'm making the prediction they don't go. I want them to go, obviously, but um I don't know. Because I, I, it seems to be they're changing some precautions. For example, around like the hotel they're staying after the Olympic break, because from the Olympics is apparently I think they're they said sorry yeah from the All Star game they're chartering a flight to Beijing, which is gonna be a whole hell of a thing. Um, side note by the way, um, for Olympic uh, like all that kind of stuff, uh, Claude Julien will apparently be the head coach for Team Canada at the Spangler Cup. Um, and uh, the Olympics of the NHL don't go, and Bruce Boudreaux as an assistant, and that's assuming neither of them are hired. Um, and uh, we know for sure, apparently, that Claude Julien will not be hired in Vancouver. Apparently, they looked... Sorry, they had permission to speak to Claude Julien, um, but they decided not to. It's weird because he only has a year left on this deal, apparently, so you just wait into the summer. Um, and they're going to wait regardless because uh, Elliot Friedman sort of mentioning on um, headlines, 32 thoughts, weird segment. Last night, um, that there's a very uncertain timeline in Vancouver right now, nothing long term looks to be done until the Canucks are 100% on what they want to do. Um, it has somehow gotten worse in Vancouver the past week. Um, aka, we know that you know, JT Miller had a post game scrum talking about, well, the Canucks are still bad, and someone asked him. Is everyone buying in? And he rolled his eyes at the con- at the question. Um, there are rumors that they are a divided locker room with JT Miller on one side and Bo Horvat on the other. It sounds like the Canucks just hate each other. The Habs are bad, but it doesn't seem like the Habs hate each other. Like, the Canucks are, j- and the similarities between those two teams. I just look right now. It's like, who are they going to hire? Are they going to hire anyone? Who's going to get fired? Are they firing anyone? Are they gonna trade someone? Are they gonna trade someone at all? Like, is it even gonna happen? Because apparently they're also scared to make a move that's gonna set them back a decade. It's at what point do the Canucks do anything?
2: I've never been more sure of what they need to do, which is clear house. Um and, and I know it, it might sound weird that I'm saying this, but this uncertain timeline and not doing things until, until you're hundred percent, that actually might be the most reasonable thing the Canucks are currently doing Mm -hmm. because, but, but the thing is, is that they should have started this, this, okay, we need to find a replacement earlier than like, well, we'll talk, we might talk to Claude Julian, like, unless there's things we don't know. And there's obviously things that we don't know that insiders have not reported on. I, what I think is happening is issues in management and ownership are now leaking into coaches and into players. And that is by far one of the worst things that could happen. And it is now creating a divide literally everywhere.
1: And we saw this before last year when they had that COVID outbreak and who was the one that spoke out? It was JT Miller who he kind of took it upon himself to say, okay, this is what we're dealing with. Like, this is something that's not right. And I think right now, like it is on the onus of what you mentioned, clearing house with management, because it really does start with them. It starts with what they've been doing. It starts with, you know, like I I still look back on, you know, the Tyler Toffoli deadline deal and all those things going for the Canucks and they squandered it. They, didn't go with it in any way. And I think right now it's just, they're in an interesting position right now where I'm not going to talk about the management what's going to happen to them, because I really believe that that's, that's gone. But I, yeah, yeah, I, for me, it's, there's a set system there. There's something still to salvage there. There's still the young guys. There's still the prospects. There's still the talent there. It's just, at the end of the day, like when we talk about someone like Jeff Gordon earlier in the episode, it's just be smart about it, be gradual about it, but be be in the right mindset and know when you actually have to make a move because you're just gonna be stagnant.
0: Feels like the one guy, and first, so it's more and more teams are going with the thing of you have a presence of hockey ops and a GM, like in, in significant roles. Right, we're seeing it more and more around the league, and you need a certain type of of person to come in that can deal with ownership um i think it was it was i always get to mix up brian murray who used to work in ottawa
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: and he was legendary for how well he could keep G- eugene melnick in, in check right um you know you think of, of 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 like brian burke has been notorious of telling owners in interviews like freaking you let me drive the bus here my it's get your hands off the wheel and you're going to need a guy like that to go up aquiline Accolini and the one th- guy you think of right now who who's on the market that you can think of is Jim Rutherford because at this point and I don't think anyone in Vancouver is going to like the sound of this like you don't know is it do you like how, how do you you can't rebuild almost it's almost like the position we love, talked about in Calgary last year because you it's impossible to be ba- like to be so bad that you tank for the lottery with the talent the team has right now, a.k.a. Patterson-Hughes. I'm forgetting if you trade Miller and Horvat, like, if, because let's be honest, if they, if keep, things keep going the way they are, they're not going to stick around because I think Horvat's up next year. Besser them, is there.
2: Both of them are up next year.
0: Yeah. Um, Demko's there too. So, but then you can't obviously get rid of the contracts, like, that's holding them back. That are holding them back, sorry, a.k.a. Alvar Ekman, Larson, and Tyler Myers. So it's and then you have to bring in a GM enough that is creative and not sort of the opposite of Benning that has some sort of ounce of creativity and then just a new complete team that can actually put together a competent roster and not just be completely stagnant for the past decade like the Canucks have been. Not decade, but you know what I mean? Eight eight years really. Like since we- Benning came in. Like somebody that can stick to the owner and say, we need to commit to a plan and not half-ass it every time July 1st comes around and try and put band-aids over leaky pipes. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And I think what Calgary did was they got those pieces, right? They got Markstrom. They got Tanev. It didn't work out. COVID was a mess. Uh, They fired their coach halfway through the season. Um, But – they their coach, they got a coach that fit for the that they thought fit for the team. And now it's paying dividends because they're getting goaltending too. The in Vancouver, everything is sour from the players to the coaches to management to ownership. Like ownership, the two brothers aren't in agreement on what to do, which actually might be a good thing.
0: Is that um, what the divide is with Francesco and who's the other Aquilini?
2: Um I don't remember his name. I will find out. But there, there was a divide. I heard from uh, that there was a divide in ownership. I had read. That's so dumb. But, but it, it's but it's the right thing in my opinion because what Francesco Acquolina is is doing is just keeping the guy he likes there, and it's running his team into the ground.
0: It's with well, Vancouver is. It's almost like like what's like you need first off. I think you fire Travis Green because it, it's he's clearly like and and going back to JT Miller. There's that thing that that practice when they were practicing two on os that there was something to mix up with like personnel and Miller just yells from the other side of the ice. We don't know what we're doing. Like that guy has just lost all sort of control and he lost the room. Yeah, and, and I think like in a, a few weeks ago, I think we all agreed that Travis Green, good coach today who freaking knows because of how, like just everything that's gone wrong there he has to go but again you can't like it's it's kind of like the scene that's it's going and i hate to keep mentioning montreal but they're like mirror like mirror images of each other right now is you can't fire Ducharme until you have a new gm a right. new president because you have to start from the top and the guy who are, is building and has the vision for your whole team you know what i mean but at this point, it's almost like you just have to get rid of Green. And if you want to wait to get his replacement, go ahead and do it. Because it, it just throw an interim there because that guy, it's a mercy killing at this point. And if you're Green, why you stick around? Because your reputation is getting just slashed. The, like, remember when they got to the second round, it was like, man, Travis Green, this great coach, puts this ragtag group together. And, you know, their defense still kind of sucks. And they don't have much depth. And now, well, their defense still sucks. and They don't really have any depth. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there's just you need to listen. I'm not a, like opposed to you taking your time. But it's like it should have been done two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like, how in the world did they not think to call Jeff Gordon? You're the Canucks. You have the money. Your attendance is very good right now. No. We've seen the numbers. They they have the money. Maybe they're they're just too upset because they just had to give it all to Oliver Eck and Larson. <laughs> You
2: know what I mean can, yeah can like I I don't know why these conversations have also been stemming from this conversation like from the what the hell is happening in Vancouver but why are we talking about trading JT Miller like why is that all like yeah. we, we heard the Kevin Fiala rumors and then all of a sudden it's like well I guess we got to trade him I want to redo this stat about sure. JT Miller um so he's been a Canuck for 143 games He has scored 49 goals and has 137 points. Not bad. He's insane. He's probably been one of the best Canucks since he has arrived in Vancouver.
0: Maybe the most consistent because Patterson's had a lot of ups and downs and all that. So hear me out.
2: Hear me out for a second. Would it not make sense to deal with the rift that is going on in the room instead of trading one of the guys?
0: Yeah, it's like that thing of, ah, uh, we don't want the cap space, so we're gonna trade Samuel Girard. How about don't and be good? You know what I mean? It's like if now if you if you're realizing you have to go a separate direction, you're rebuilding, then yeah. But it, it makes no sense to trade if you're a team that's struggling to score. Why you would get rid of JT Miller and at the same time, like I know Bo Horvat has this sort of reputation of being. This company man right now. You know how many teams would kill to have Bo Horvat as their second line center most days? And I know his his play has been great. And Miller's been doing wings, center, and all that, but that's Bo Horvat, man. That is, yeah. and not to mention Bo Horvat is a playoff type player. Yeah. You know, that's that's a you gotta be careful there. And there's a the, the dog's <laughs> not a fan of of that either. There's there's a reason that Bo Horvat was so well talked about by the Satines and that. And I mean, hey, and, and it's it sucks because you can't put the Sedin's in either of these positions because they're just not experienced enough yet.
1: No. Honestly, no. like no. all I have to hear from this is I agree the rift has to be fixed because it is about what the players could produce, and honestly, the Canucks cannot afford to keep bleeding so much talent. Like, you know, keep what you have right there and go with it, but you know, build on it. Just. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you build on what you have. You don't try to take away things and just, you know, have less of what you had before.
0: Hear me out. Instead of giving up assets to get Jason Dickinson, you have Jared McCann as your third line center and you don't give him up for Eric Branson. Ta da! You know what I mean? Yeah, no. JT Miller is good. But did you need to give up a first round pick when you were a few years away to get them from Tampa in the first place and not juice them because they needed the cap relief so badly? Maybe from there you get a prospect, maybe a Cal Foot and plays your defense instead of Tyler Myers. You don't have to give him that massive contract. <laughs> or
1: Tucker <laughs> Pullman. We, we never mentioned Tucker Pullman in this episode.
0: I Just don't sign Tucker Pullman because you were going to trade you Levy for two young defensemen anyway. And Juleson's right-handed and needs a shot and Lamico's pretty good or just, you know, not draft your levy because you didn't just, you drafted for position and not best player available. They really are Montreal. I know, right? Wow. The only thing—the more you
2: talk, the more I realize. Wow. Okay, I I might have Man, been Quinn
0: wrong. Quentin Hughes would really be good on Montreal right now instead of Yesberrycock. Oh. Oh. oh.
1: oh. But okay, no. this is the one thing that I see the difference in: is Vancouver the players are actually getting mad at each other in the suffering, right? Yeah. But Montreal's like we're suffering together.
0: Did you see the practice from the other day when they're all like just I don't know what it was, but it was just this breakaway challenge. Everyone's just banging their sticks and edmondson with cold please. it's so remember like credit where credit's due here remember when like pk was fighting mechanics in practice and i think there was some stuff earlier in the year University oh, yeah. of and romano but yeah at least the haves like each other yeah. you know what i mean yeah. It's like i don't know maybe like carrie price being around the team again helps there but yeah. you know it's just at least that like carrie price ain't well you i don't think he was at the halloween party this year for obvious reasons but if it's like this it's true in the horvat missed uh, or ditched JT Miller's Halloween party. You know what I mean? It's not, it wasn't like Ducky Hamilton, skipping the things he wanted to go to a museum. It's the captain. Okay. That's something against Horvat. If he did just say like, I know we all hate each other and this is team bonding, but I'm not going to go because I don't like the JT Miller's a loud mouth. If it's true, that's I, not
1: great. It's crazy. true. Like no you don't see funny. anyone say that to carry price or like Shea Weber in terms of the leadership aspect. Well, of it. I think it's just the culture <laughs> of what's there.
0: Because Shea Weber just looks at you and says, I dare you to misbehave. (laughs) Like, I remember Victor Mete told the story of, like, if you have a bad shift, Weber just looks at you and you're like, oh, no. And then Carey Price is a goalie and, you know, you you can't – goalies just save your butt, right? So, and you know, they're kind of experienced. But, like, think of that. Like, yeah, the Habs. And, you know, look at sort of on the ice what it's been without Price and Weber. Who is the Canucks version of Carey Price and Shea Weber that – like maybe defensively, one day the legacies will be the different style of play. But like Hughes will want maybe one day be like yeah. the figure of Shea Weber, probably not. Offensively, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say like the yes. the presence of player and maybe Demko, probably not. But you know what I mean? Like who is their stalwart vet?
1: I know what Just you think mean about it. yeah like
0: Horvat. I don't know if he was around in 2014 or um was it 2014 when it was the series versus the Flames. He hasn't been there for a deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. OEL wasn't the guy when the Coyotes made their big run. It was still Shane Doan. He didn't even want to be the captain in Arizona anyway, did OEL? was
1: like 20. When they made their conference finals run, he was like 22.
0: So, who is the Canucks old dude who's been there and is pretty good and can, like, like take the team out to tears. Like, I'm tired about when I played and you know when we when we used to board players without any penalties and we used to it was complete off. You know what I mean? Okay, like, who hot was take. It? It, um, was it Jay Beagle? I
1: was it Louis it was. Erickson? Oh my god, I was just about to say.
0: That. <laughs> Let me tell I, you I, I was what just about to say. Used to be able to pull off uh, on the ice. I,
2: I was just about to say. I'm like, I don't want to say this, but what
1: if it's the guys they traded in the summer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, mean, you know I mean like They were on the team When they made it To the yeah, second round
1: Yeah are other Those guys were like Yeah Overpaid But Beagle you know Any other cup team They were on too Like they were They had no problems In other teams
0: When was Erickson traded After 2011 right From Dallas 2013
1: Because uh, yeah, he was there For the shortened season And then the next season Was gone
0: Okay so he wasn't there For the cup But yeah But the Beagle Beagle won the cup. He was a cup Erickson went better. to the
1: finals No yeah. Yeah, he did.
0: 2013. Yeah, and um, I don't know what Antoine. I don't even remember where Antoine Rousseau used to play. Probably did Dallas. He, he was also Dallas. Yeah, was he yeah. In Dallas. Did he play with Erickson? I uh-huh. think so. Ah, uh, that's on board. Jay
1: Beagle. Well, he was like a longtime Washington guy.
0: But think of yeah. it. No one in that room has a lot of actual playoff experience, as opposed to you know, it's not. Other teams.
1: Even, but like, Other I mean, Myers went know. like the conference finals once. We against have, the he, Golden nuggets. Yeah, he would
0: have lost to yeah. He would have lost to Vegas.
2: I don't but even know Tyler if it's Myers. Pardon?
0: But it's it's Tyler Myers. Yeah. You know? no. You're gonna listen to Tyler Myers when he gets you know a turnstiled.
1: <laughs> well, he has the height, it's like looks down on every player.
0: He's <laughs> a but he's not intimidating. Weber is a mountain. Myers is a giraffe. Okay. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Anyway, go on. I see. I don't know if it's even playoff experience. Like I just they need. Proper, like they need leaders. That here's the thing: their leaders aren't together, like they're not on the same page, and that's the biggest issue is that there are two leaders in JT Miller and Bo Horvat are on opposite sides, and it's like, oh my god, like that is the worst possible thing to happen. Like, they genuinely need them both to be on the same page and be like, This is this is what we're gonna do, because a Look at a collective room will do wonders.
1: It's true. Like I look at Boston, it's like I don't think a Marchand or a Pasternak or a McAvoy is undermining a Patrice Bergeron.
0: Yeah, because if you undermine Brad Marchand, he'll lick you.
1: <laughs> but what I'm talking about, like they keep it in control. Where, like, yeah, they they're gotcha. a bunch of like pests, but you know they respected the leadership that was there.
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's building a culture that the Canucks don't have. And, you know, we're, we're hoping to have Harmon on. Um, yeah. But that poor man is just being bombarded right now because yeah. the Canucks are in a state. But um, we'll put what we'll end it there. We'll end it there. Um, just because it's too easy to rip on the Canucks.
1: I just want, like, next time we record or, you know, maybe in the coming weeks, like, something. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just...
0: Any sort of activity?
1: Because the this overall topic I find is that we could analyze it like crazy. Yeah. But I want like at least, you know, the one first small step.
0: I want an AGM resigning. I want anything. a Saturday night headlines instead of here was here was, was NHL headlines last night. Carolina interested in Klingberg, cool. All the stuff of Montreal, cool. Vancouver's headline was, well, they're not doing anything. I don't Silence. You know it, exactly. Silence. And then you're Anaheim and you don't do anything And it just somehow works out because you're Anaheim Don't
1: okay, oh, okay. you draft well,
0: exactly. well I, do, do you know yeah. who's behind that draft By the way mm-hmm. Martin Madden Jr Who is French And uh, the guy everyone wants to, to be the new GM In Montreal yeah.
1: um, Also leadership like uh, I think um, And I forgot his name but he's on The Athletic And uh, he mentioned it too Like Rejuvenated Brian Getzlaff And just the cool. young guys are just You know, like Trevor Zegers, Mason McTavish, when he was there, just you're just soaking in everything Getzlaff is telling them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine, you know, back in the day, it's like ah, we got Getz here. He's obviously gone now, but you know, Corey Perry's there. Like, what's up? Okay.
2: I just one thing about the Canucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what they need to do? They need to do what the Leafs did like in 2013 or in 2014, and 15. There it is. They need they need to absolutely clear house, which is what they did, right? They cleared house. They brought Brendan Shanahan. And then Brendan Shanahan did his thing and cleared house. And then I mean they haven't won a playoff round, but like
1: you know what's the first domino? They need their version of a Peter Horachek. Yeah. They'd be like, no, this is bad.
2: Okay, so they fire Travis Green and they hire... Uh, okay, who's their assistant? That's that's their Peter Horachek.
0: Not Manny Malhotra because he left. Oh, who knows?
2: That's their Peter Horachek.
0: I remember someone saying, like, Manny Malhotra left. I'm like, get out of here. Ah no, our face off percentage went down. Gr. Anyway, <laughs> um, anyway. Okay, that is it. If I pick up my mic, is it gonna disconnect? It did! Okay. It Disconnected That was dumb. Um it worked for all the important stuff though. Okay. That's it. Um it's snowing and it's getting dark. Oh, no. I know, okay. I'm gonna
1: leave the house.
0: Uh, I know, and you were all about the walking and whatnot. I know about that cardio every day is leg day daniel okay mm-hmm. um, we'll see you wednesday um we're hoping it's a special show um we'll see and uh you know f- check out the show on twitter on tiktok and on uh what do you call it instagram instagram facebook yeah youtube Watch the video portion of the show why not um do 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 alex's blog uh my youtube channel um and daniel's stuff at cgru he was sick, but he still sounds great. um Yeah, Vancouver do something. Montreal fire Bergeron. Toronto bench minor until you know he learns to score on the power play. And goodbye.